Some of you don't know the name, but that's that guy from the Hunger Games. Transformers the last night. Beauty and the Beast and Spotlight. Hello and welcome to another episode of Standing Stanley Tucci. I'm David. And I'm Hannah. And we're still watching everything that Stanley Tucci has ever done. Ever. From the minor roles to the majors. Uh, and this is a minor, but a a, a major surprise uh, of a film. I had no idea this existed. <laughs> I didn't know anything about it. This is uh, this is the film Quick Change, 1990. Uh, had you heard of this film beforehand? No, I had never heard of this one before. And yet it is Bill Murray's directorial debut, apparently. <laughs> Who knew? Yeah, he was a, a co-director with, with Howard Franklin, <laughs> who he worked with again when he did uh, uh, Larger Than Life, or, or maybe Larger Than Life came before this, I'm not sure. Who knows? <laughs> no, it, it came later, but that's the film where Bill Murray has the elephant and he's got to get it across the country. Anybody remember this? No, nope, I don't remember that one either. They don't make great films together, it seems. <laughs> well, uh, apparently Howard Franklin made two films with Bill Murray and made two films with Stanley Tucci, and this is the overlap. I love it. Yes, so this is a, a big whomst we also production, wouldn't you say, David? <laughs> yes, uh, a large cast of of, of notables. Uh, we've got <laughs> Bill Murray, of course, who we who we love, we adore. Whomst we also. And uh, Gina Davis. Boom. Who uh, we've we've spoken of before in, in her voice role on She-Ra. Whomst we also. <laughs> Yeah, she's a doll. We love her. Uh, and then uh, Randy Quaid, whom we don't, don't really, no. in particular, who we've never had any strong opinions one way or the other on. Yeah, uh, he's like, just Randy Quaid. He's just there. He's fine. This this in particular is also not one of his his best uh, performances, I would say. Off the record, who's your favorite Quaid, Randy or Dennis? Uh, this is off the record. I don't. I off the record. I don't know. Probably Dennis. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> Parent Trap, big Parent Trap fan. Day After Tomorrow, is that not Independence I mean, Day? He's, oh, it's that smile. <laughs> I did like Day After Tomorrow and the Parent Trap. So what can I say? Um, Off the record, of course. But then, of course, there's, there's, uh, you know, of course, Stanley's favorite actor in this whole production. That must be Tony Shalhoub. Tony Shalhoub. This is for sure one of his earlier roles as well. Both Tony and uh, and Tucci are in these kind of roles that they would, would later hope to never be cast in these types of roles. Again, right. these stereotypical, very ethnically... Uh, very, very racist, very racist yeah. roles, uh, and very New York racist, you know, like, yes, the crazy people you meet in New York, like mafiosos <laughs> and uh, crazy cab drivers who don't speak a no English. From the Middle East, yeah. I mean, it's, it's so funny, Come, like, this, this film and uh, the last Tucci film that, that we covered are both very like, ah, New York. And New we York! To, only in New York, we love to hate it. Only in New York. Yeah, there's a scene very close to the beginning. And maybe we should just get in with the plot. Yeah. Because this is a film about a clown who robs a bank, but he's not really a clown. He's not He's not actually a clown. He's just dressed as one. He's really yeah. a city planner who hates New York so much that he's decided to plan a, an elaborate bank heist with his girlfriend and his friend from, like, elementary school or something. I guess, yeah. And then they're going to flee to Fiji, um, and then later Monica. But uh, <laughs> it opens with the bank robbery. And as soon as he, you know, comes in dressed as a clown and starts robbing the bank, I'm immediately thinking this is the prequel to The Dark Knight. <laughs> 
this is the real Joker origin story we were looking for. Yeah. Not that, you know, Arthur, you know, his yeah. name ain't Arthur. It's Grimm. And he's... It's Grimm. His name's fucking Grimm in this movie. I can't with it. <laughs> he's Bill Murray, the first Joker. And he's he comes in and he says, let's put a smile on that face. I'm going to introduce a little chaos. No, I killed the bus driver. Joker quotes. No. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I just also think it's interesting that both this movie and the last movie star a red-headed ingenue who's dating a bad boy New Yorker. They're both like, ah, oh, this city, it, it really chews you out. You can't afford an apartment anywhere, man. Well, I think of her more as his, like, his Harley Quinn. And, oh, okay. Uh, and she's she, she's she's crazy and crazier than him, and she's fearless, and she was his queen. Oh and my god! God help anyone who dared disrespect his queen, because uh, <laughs> she's doing all this crazy crime stuff too, and she gets off on it. She does. That's just like the real Harley Quinn. Yeah, for sure. Gina Davis. Think about it. Gina Davis. Uh, excellent job. But yeah, so, you know, the the actual heist portion of this movie, it's like the first 10-15 minutes. And then very quickly, it's just a farce about trying to get to the airport and, like, evade the cops. Yeah, it might as well be, like, planes, trains, and automobiles with Randy yeah. Quaid as the John Candy. Like, it's not, it's not interesting. It's not unique. The most interesting part is the first 10 minutes. I think you'd agree. Yeah, yeah. This lovely clown heist that just sort of comes out of nowhere. And the fact that it's yeah. a clown heist is funny. And it's... Enjoyable. And the fact that everyone is just so mellow about it yes. the whole time. It's great. Yeah. You've got, <laughs> he, he like comes up with a gun and he's like pointing it at the, uh, you know, at the security guard. He's like, no, this is a robber. Robert. It is. Yeah. No, it's not. You're kidding. <laughs> no, you're joking. No, it, it is a robber. And he's like casually like pointing a gun at the security cameras and like shooting them, but missing them <laughs> over and over again. It's great. Yeah. Well, and I, and it's fun because, you know, they use it as a moment where he like pulls out a gun when he first walks into the bank and all the people are like, eh, whatever. And he's like, God, I hate this town. This is a real robbery. And like has to like shoot the gun off for anyone to believe it. Yeah. It's like a classic jaded New Yorkers. You know? They don't notice nothing. Oh, right, they're so numb to it all. Um, but just, you know, once once they're captured too, you know, there's, there's jokes about who should we vote out first, uh, yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah. And, and like... They're heartlessly pointing to the crying man yeah another rich guy tries to bribe bill murray with a watch right expensive watch you know which comes in handy later and he's like i can't take this watch i'd feel beholden to you let me tell you i'll i'll, I'll buy it off you right. here's three here's three bills <laughs> and it's you know a 1200 dollars watch <laughs> and he's just paying for it with no it's not 1200 it's a twelve thousand dollar watch that he buys off the guy for 300 but then okay so they get out of the bank by basically pretending to be hostages and you know the yeah. police chief is like all right get out of here we're gonna get that clown such a joker move classic joker the doctors are the real the clowns are the doctors and the doctors are the clowns and the clowns are the hostages classic dark knight move ah. come on <laughs> <laughs> so you know 
he, his plan is to like keep calling them uh, every so often from payphones uh, to sort of keep stalling them and whatnot. But but everything goes off the rails when Randy Quaid yeah. hits the the horn by accident, and the the police chief hears the horn and he says, "Wait, that wasn't a clown horn. It's a car horn." Isolate that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so they realize he's not in the bank. So you know they they've got a race to the airport instead of taking a nice leisurely stroll there. Um, and at first they can't find directions. Right, because, but, but they can't find directions because the New Yorkers, oh, they're so dis- disaffected. Okay. The people taking down the sign, they don't know which street goes where and they can't tell you, oh, we're not from this part of town, huh? Okay, but they're literally like, where is the BQE, which is like a major fucking expressway? Like, just look for an overpass and it's probably the BQE. Like, it should not be difficult. And yeah. these guys are like, yeah, we don't know. We've just never heard of it. <laughs> the guys who hang the signs for where it is, they're coming tomorrow. We're just taking the shit down today. You know, classic disaffected everything. Yeah. And why does uh, why does Bill Murray want to get out of out of the town so much? Why does he hate New York? Uh, because, you know, they're they're destroying all these classic, beautiful buildings. Right, and building up ugly high-rises, expensive... Luxury! Luxury condos, luxury high-rises, you know? They're not building affordable housing in this crap town. Yeah. They're ripping everybody off, these landlords. <laughs> Um, yeah, so, you know, the normal hijinks ensue, their car gets stolen, you know, they break into this guy's apartment to change their clothes, and then they get held up at gunpoint, and, you know, right. the, 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 the gunman's played by Phil Hartman, you know, God rest his soul, and, uh, they make a joke about how, you know, this guy's like a corporate dude, but of course he knows about Woodstock, he knows about freedom. He was at Woodstock! I was at Woodstock, for your information, it's like, then you remember what it's like to get out of this city. Yeah. <laughs> Just a bunch of jokes about angry boomers. <laughs> well, I mean, there's there's a joke about how you know, like they were in the apartment before this guy, and so he's like, "Yeah, we we're yeah. paying like twelve sixty five for this," and he's like, "Are you kidding? We're paying we're paying twenty six hundred, which like classic New York landlord move. Yeah. Your old tenants move out, <laughs> and uh, you know, you jack that shit up." Oh, man. So then we get to the, the Tony Shalhoub part, right? Well, well, there's another moment where they're they're trying to ask for directions to the BQE still. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they're like, hey, do you do you have uh, anything? And he's like, oh, yeah, certainly. And Bill Murray's like, mm, this guy's too nice. I don't trust it. And they're like, ah, he's got Iowa plates. He's from out of town. He, he's not a New Yorker. That's why he's so nice. And he's like, mm, okay. Turns out he's a robber. But he doesn't find the millions strapped to their bodies. Right. He just gets four dollars from their wallet and you know nothing in their trunk really so just like takes that and leaves yeah I, that's where that's when he gives up his watch right or does that come later no he tries to give up the watch he's like here take this watch it's a uh, it's worth twelve thousand or twelve hundred dollars but i got it off the guy for three hundred and he's like ah oh, you're an idiot this is a fake watch i don't want this crap <laughs> classic yeah um so the cops are like you know starting to figure out where they're going and 
you know, they're they're trying to track them down and they've they've lost the trail. Right. But that's when these guys are in this this cab with Tony Shaloub. <laughs> and Tony Shaloub, he keeps like asking them the same question. So Randy Quaid freaks out that he doesn't know how to get to the airport. And so he opens the cab while it's moving and he flies out and then hits his head on a newsstand. Yeah. And that's that's how the cops find them because he hits his head on a newsstand and someone calls it in. Yeah, and the chief of police, you know, at this point they realize that, oh, they were some of the hostages, that's how they got out of the bank, okay. And, you know, they're like, ah, we're looking for two guys and a woman. Like, how will we ever find them? There's nothing coming in. He's like, ah, guy hit his head? He, that's a panic move. That's it, that's them. You know, like, his just cop instinct is, like, so on the nose <laughs> that he can sniff them out, you know? Yeah, he he was he was the best cop in the city. He took on the Lambino family. Yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Not that that's going to come back or anything. Oh, yeah. So, speaking of which... <laughs> so... Speaking of which... So, basically, these guys, they just... <laughs> they, they get out of the cab, and they're just like, all right, we got to get this guy out of here because the cops are coming. Let's just go into this random building. It's New York. We can just bust yeah. in, and it'll be an empty warehouse, and there will be no one in there, and no security guarding it, but there will probably not be yeah. the mafia in there. Nope. But then it, it is. The mafia is right inside the building just doing a deal and selling like hot stereos or something. It's the Tooch. The Tooch is in there. He's one of the mob. Right. This time, I mean, on TV, the Tooch is, like, very clearly a mob boss. Yeah. You know? Yeah. In almost every one of his guest appearances that we talked about, when he's in the mob, he's leading that damn mob because he's the classiest guy around. But in the film world... Unless he's a bag man. <laughs> unless he's a bag man. Uh, but in the film world, he's got to be, you know, the second in command, yeah. kind of the, the yes man to the real guy in the, in the warehouse who's in charge. And so... So the joke is just that right. Tucci, he, he just, he's just uh, repeating everything that the guy says. And he's, yeah. he's doing kind of like a bad Marlon Brando list kind of thing. Yeah, I don't know. What, how would you define his, his acting in this? I, I mean, it's very character, you know, it's definitely one of his more. He's a he's doing a character actor, character bit. Yeah. It's good. It's, it's damn good. It's, it's good. It's definitely one of his more exaggerated performances, at least so far that we've seen. And I think in yeah. general. Yeah. I think, I think he's chewing gum or something. Yeah, I think so. He's, uh, and he's just repeating everything the guy says, you know, it'd be like, uh, we didn't hear nothing about no money. Tell him we didn't hear nothing. Yeah, we didn't hear nothing. And then, you know, that's the joke <laughs> is that he just repeats right. everything that everyone says. He's a go-between between Bill Murray, who's, you know, bluffing his way through this with such aplomb, you know, just yeah. quickly saying, well, you don't want Mario to get involved in this. Whoa, not Mario. <laughs> You know, just like lucking and bluffing his way through and, you know, pretending that yeah. they're the uh, the envoys from larger person and, and then letting uh, these mobsters sort of fill in the blanks for them. Yeah, they just keep talking about Mr. Lambino. Mr. Lambino, he's going to come. Mr. We don't, you, wanna, you don't want to talk to him. You would never double cross Mr. Lambino. No way. And so they give him a, an envelope with $6,000 and he just sort of backs out of the room. Yep. But there are some key some key Tucci bits here and that, that I think... Yeah set him apart and I think people recognized it in this film. Oh, he's doing something special here. Um, there's a moment where he's like, he's like looking he's just in the background really. He's not like doing anything for the scene but he's just staring into Randy Quaid's eyes and Randy Quaid is like touching his like forehead and Stanley yeah. Tucci's just mirroring it and just also touching his forehead at the same time and it's this beautiful little moment. Well they're saying like, oh yeah, Mario like beat him up. He's like, oh my god Mario did this to that guy? Like, oh that, that could be me because you know, they're yeah. 
the the boss is originally going to call Mr. Lombino and that's going to blow the bluff. Yeah, but it's it's like such a theater thing to me. Oh yeah, it's such a you know an actor's thing that you know it's not a it's not a thing a star you know like a like a big star does because they're you know above it or whatever. Mm. But an actor knows to like, hey Randy, come on here, we'll have a little conversation. <laughs> Here's like a funny bit we could do in the background. See if the director likes it. We're just gonna just touch our heads at the same time yeah. and we're gonna time it out. You touch your head and then I touch my head and uh, that's I'm freaking out, you know? Yeah. And then there's just like a couple lines as as they're walking out the door that I, I uh-huh. feel like they were they were improvised. I feel like they were a Stanley Tucci yeah. special where he goes like oh, oh. Yeah, King Lambino. That's why they call him the king. Tell him I said so. <laughs> And uh, yeah. take care of your head. And take care of your head. That line That's... is so quiet and so subtle. It's just a little garnish That's... on the top of this performance. That's the garnish and the Negroni of this performance. <laughs> That's That's what it is. Because it's right before the scene cuts. I mean, and <laughs> so you know it was like an active decision from the editor to leave that in. Leave that in, yeah. So... Yeah. I mean, that's that's Tooch right there. You can't beat that. Can't beat it. And that's that's it for the Tooch in this one, yeah. yes? I mean, our, our point has always been that not that Tucci is only in good movies. No. Because this is not a good movie. No. <laughs> this is a bad movie. It's an enjoyable movie. I think I mean it's 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 short. It's a it's it's uh it's ninety minutes, you know, just quick, easy watch. Uh but it did not it, it did not sell it for me, other than the first ten minutes I thought were good. But <laughs> Stanley Tucci, one of the best parts of this movie. Oh, yeah. And that's our thesis for this fan cast is Stanley is the best in the the mediocre and the subpar films. And that just happens to be the theme of today's Tucci news. Tucci news. We've got uh, we've got a Tucci news up today from Epigram. Breaking news <laughs> from epigram.org.uk. So this is a sort of British a British source. No, this is the University of Bristol student newspaper. Like is let's it? let's yes, that's exactly what this is. This is a student review of uh, a new movie. Well, they published it, but I think the website is not owned by them, is it? Epigram is Bristol University's award-winning independent student newspaper yeah well <laughs> there we go <laughs> sorry i thought you knew that i didn't read the top oh god all right let's just do it anyway <laughs> um shit do you want to read the the yeah so uh this, this comes to us from julius de la rama who is a, a third year film student at, at bristol university and uh his, his article is titled despite its star power supernova is an inoffensive disappointment despite its star power all ah. right so it's they're bringing the heat colin and and stanley they're bringing the heat but the, the heat. film is is a burn it's there's no heat to it we'll see though um I'm just I'm just gonna read the first the beginning of this and then you can you can pick out uh, any other moments you want to call attention to, David. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, a supernova is described as a powerful explosion of a dying massive star, something that is simultaneously beautiful and melancholic. It is an act of rebirth and life anew amongst heavy devastation. Despite having two highly talented stars, no pun intended. Oh, stars! Yeah. Supernovas. Take the reins here. Harry McQueen's supernova goes in 
the opposite route, deciding to be a muted, subdued, and overall disappointing effort. See, I mean, that's the thing. It's like, it's like Tucci, he can't do subdued. He's too much of a star. He's too explosive. Yeah. Uh, uh, he's, he's, he brings, he brings too much to the project. He overshadows the script and all of these things. I love the, I love the line, despite two lead performances that are pretty great and a pleasant change of pace for both Firth and Tucci. There isn't enough substance in Supernova for me to have any genuine attachment to any one thing that the film has to offer. Uh, so it, again, it's like, they're pretty great, right. but the film... So even if even if this was a passion project for Tucci, which I'm not sure it was, yeah. he, he, he he outshines it. And that's that's what this uh, podcast is all about. Yeah. So thank you, Julius De La Rama, for recognizing that even if you did not enjoy Tucci's latest effort, uh, Supernova, that you still appreciated the Tucci of it all. So thank you, Julius. Thank you very much. All right, back to the film. Um, yeah, I feel like we could breeze through the rest of this pretty quickly. Sure, yeah. You know, they they get on a bus. The bus driver, you know, wants exact change, even though they're offering him $100 bills. So they got to get change. No, hold on. Hold on. He's got to run okay. into the convenience store, and he's got to get change quick. Because the name of the film is Quick Change. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> that's the whole thing. That's it. Because the only other quick change is that they change clothes a couple times, but that's not like the central plot of the movie is that they're changing clothes a lot. No, no. They needed to make some quick change, so they robbed a bank. And they needed to, they wanted to change their surroundings, so they're going to rob a bank, get out of the city quick, and go to Fiji forever. Right. A quick change artist is a type of actor who's able to change clothes very quickly. It's an expression. Yes. So that's what I thought it referred to, because the film opens with them dressed all in costume, and and then they quickly switch right. out of it, and then they switch clothes again, like, 20 minutes into the movie. Yeah. But then they never change clothes again, so... Well, no. See, Bill Murray needs a quick change of pace. He needs it quick. Oh, he needs know? a change in his life yeah. quick. Yeah, yeah. So he robs a bank, mm. and then is gonna go to Fiji, or whatever. I thought that it was that they needed to go to the convenience store to get change quickly, because they only have a minute to get on the bus, and the bus driver uh, needs exact change. A minute and 28 seconds, David. Mind you. <laughs> to be precise. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that's basically, they get on the bus, they go, they get off the bus, they walk. There's some hijinks on the bus where it's more like, ah, only in New York stuff, you know. Yeah, there's a lot of only in New York stuff. Anyway, so then they finally get to the the, the airplane, right, after bribing well, no, no, people no, no, no. and giving money. And we and... Don't know. We're skipping my favorite part of the whole movie, David. Oh, are we? Yeah, uh, where, you know, they get off the bus and the bus goes near the airport, so it's like less than a a half a mile walk uh -huh. to the airport from there and they're wandering around these dark streets and there's just like an older Hispanic <laughs> woman dressed in black standing on the corner going flores por los muertos <laughs> And it's just like, is this a reference to Streetcar? Or is it Streetcar Named Desire or Cat on a Hot... To, or... Not only do I not know, but it's almost certainly a reference to that that I did not pick up on. Congratulations. Yeah. Claps all around. <laughs> For, for almost being able to determine what famous film and play that's from. The reason I can't tell the difference is I was in a mashup play of those two. It was like a mashup parody of the two of them in, in high school at one point, so they always get confused in my brain. They're very similar. They're about like sad southern ladies in bad marriages. That's true. They are both about those. Um, <laughs> anyway... 
Um, yeah, of course, there's crazy characters on the bus. There's crazy ethnic characters all throughout the city. There's a guy who's like shaving his head on the on the bus. There's yeah, uh, yeah. two Hispanic people in front of a church jousting with garden tools on bikes. Yeah. You know, lots of extremely awkward 90s uh, jokes about New York and how crazy all the people there. But also just half of them are just racist. Right, half of them. You know? I mean, the one that I thought was kind of okay was the one right at the beginning of the movie where there's everybody's gathering around the bank heist and then all the right. hot dog vendors all swarm because yeah, there's a big yeah, crowd yeah. of people. It's like, ah, yeah, people trying to make a living here. Uh, yeah, I thought that was yeah. good. <laughs> Uh, less good is that, you know, once, <laughs> once they get to the airport, they're in the bathroom trying to, you know, change clothes again and hide the money. Yeah. And, uh, Bill Murray and Randy Quaid are in the bathroom stall, like making noises, trying to, Together. trying to rip off the, the money from inside of his, uh, inside of his suit jacket. And, uh, the, there's a guy who, you know, is like staring like, oh, the noises they're making in the bathroom. You people can keep this city. And it's like, yeah, gay joke. Oh, the gay. Um, then we get a, another whomst we also in the last like 10 minutes of this film. <laughs> Kurtwood Smith! What? From that 70s show uh, shows up. He plays uh, Red. Yeah, the, the dad. Um, and he, he's, he shows up and he just says, nobody does this to Russ Crane. And he just keeps saying how his name is Russ Crane and like, don't you know who I am? Kind of like yeah. we're wealthy. And you think that's just like the one-off kind of joke that they're doing with him. Well, I, well you know, we first see him when Bill Murray goes to to see what the issue is at the airport and like the lines are all crowded yeah. you know and in our post 9-11 brains like what are you talking about security <laughs> at the airport but you know this this was a crowded JFK and so you know someone from behind Bill Murray yells hey clown and of course it's Red Foreman um, yeah it's a fake <laughs> uh, uh, you think you think it's gonna be the cops but it ain't the cops it ain't the it's cops. Russ Crane god damn it Russ Crane uh, so you know <laughs> Eventually, they get on the plane. <laughs> they manage to board. And then one of the people says, like, oh, boy, you think you're late enough? The plane's about to take off. And then Bill Murray says, boy, you must be from around here. Another anti-New yeah. York. The anti-New York sentiment in this film ah. is just, it's its just dripping It's with off it. the charts. Yeah, I mean, was, was this film written by the city of Los Angeles or what? <laughs> I don't know how they uh, they got the New York City uh, film and TV departments to, <laughs> to pitch in, but uh, they did. <laughs> anyway, so they're like arguing in first class because they've separated from Gina Davis because Gina Davis and Bill Murray had a fight because she's having a baby, but she doesn't want to raise it with him because he's gone full criminal. He's gone yeah. full Joker, and in if the Joker lives in a society, but but Harley Quinn can't can't ride with the craziness for that long. She's got to ditch that. <laughs> That, uh, ditch that clown. She she likes society more, I guess. Question mark in this version. She loves society, in fact. Yeah, and so you know they're they're all about to get off the plane when suddenly the police chief shows up and he's got a gun. And of course, who should be there but Lista Lambino? It's Cartwood, Russ Crane, the the mob boss that they kept referencing throughout the movie that that Stanley Tucci was afraid of. Uh, he turns out to be 
be in hiding as Russ Crane. And so the joke wasn't that he's like a rich guy who's like, don't you know who I am? It's that he's a very dumb gangster who is really trying to push his cover and is failing to. Right. Well, and you know, there's a comment he makes where like, will you look at the trash they let into first class? <laughs> uh, you know, while he is himself a, a mob boss. But yeah, so, you know, Bill Murray and Randy Quaid end up accidentally assisting with the arrest of this mob boss and, you know, also suspicion of the robbery gets transferred onto the mob boss now yes. and the police chief is like, ah, we caught him. A man and a woman, eh? And his hey. bumbling assistant, eh? Sounds like this Mr. Lambino. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Because uh, Mario actually does show up uh, <laughs> near the, the car accident scene uh, to presumably go shake down Stanley Tucci for the money. But then the cops are like, ah, Tony Shalhoub is pointing at that guy. I know that guy. Let's get him. <laughs> so it's all just like a comedy of miscommunication and errors and, and whatnot. Right. And they, it, you think it's going to go right up until the end because the police chief says to Bill Murray, we're going to give you a commendation for your help yeah. in stopping this criminal. What's your name and address? And he's like, I'm Dan's Skipowski. Chipowski. Or Chipowski, yeah. Because yeah. in the beginning of the film, when he was on the phone talking to the police chief, he said, you know, I've always wanted somebody to call me Chip. No, Skip. And, uh, and so yeah, he's, he's, wait a minute. Skipowski? Wait, that guy was, but the plane has already been long gone. They took off, and so they're gonna go raise a baby in uh, Fiji or Morocco or I don't know where else they were, where they were heading. Yeah. Wherever they, wherever you raise babies once you've stolen a million dollars. Yeah, exactly. It's only a million dollars. I mean, that would not get you very far these days. I mean, you could do well in, like, Bali. Uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, you could do better than you could do here. But could you spend the rest of your life for with a million dollars? I don't know. I don't know. Like I said, things, things are cheap certain places. Things are cheap places that aren't the U.S. That is true. <sighs> All right, so that about wraps up uh, this movie. That wraps up Quick Change. Quick Change. So we... Let's close out with a, with a Tucci fun fact. Tucci fun fact. Tucci fun fact. Um, I'm going to share with you. It's one of his favorite pastimes with his with his father. Oh. Uh, it, the, 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 Should I he... guess? Go ahead, yeah. Um, God, badminton. No, think think a father and son classic Italian like, you know, outing. Like an outing. Uh, an outing? Yeah, well, you know, like an a... Italian outing? Like an activity that you do in the in the great outdoors. What do you do? Ba base, baseball? No, I don't know. Uh, I was gonna say... Fishing! 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 Oh, okay. That's not necessarily Italian. It's just it's just a father Well, he says, this is, this is a quote from the Tooch. Oh, okay. Uh, he says, I like to go fishing and the person has trout fishing and he says fish fishing it doesn't matter it's the process not the result my father and i have been going since i was able to figure out how not to get a fish hook in my eye we go to the there reservoirs in upstate new york where i grew up and where i have lived in westchester county we have a great time i just love it love it to me it's one of the most relaxing things ever uh and then he says no one catches anything it's hysterical for years we go and we talk to people who go to the same places and they say try that spot over by the bridge and the thing this guy yesterday caught a 10 pound blah 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 but we go over there and nothing. And we see this guy like 20 feet away from us catching fish. We're cursed. <laughs> simply cursed. We're the only Italians who can't fish. And that... Uh. 
That is, that's my Tucci impression, by the way. That's a good one. I mean, it was a bad Tucci impression. I'm sorry, David. Uh, you you are not the Tucci of Tucci impressions. I don't have the style, um, but but I do have I do have the fan the fan love. Yes, you have the true Stan dumbness. I do love the idea of Stanley Tucci and his father just sitting in a boat, cracking wise about how now nah, is the nothing's biting today. Right, drinking the gronies. Drinking, <laughs> right, <laughs> as a child. Yes. I mean, I'm not saying as a child. Like they could still do it now. I don't know. I I, I don't know if Stanley's father is still alive or not. Uh, but I would assume. Something so. to something to look up. We'll have tweet at us at Talking Tropes if you know. Tweet at us at Talking Tropes if you're Stanley Tucci's father. <laughs> yeah, please, we'd love to hear from you. Um, any fun anecdotes from his childhood? We'd be thrilled to know about. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so this has been uh, wonderful watching this movie and talking about Stanley Tucci. If you have enjoyed it, please tweet at us at Talking Tropes on Twitter or share this episode with your family and friends wherever they listen to podcasts. Uh, any last words of wisdom or advice from you, David? You want to know how I got these scars? <laughs> All right, bye everybody. Fucking Randy Quaid.